ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. This is Janice Porter, and my guest today is coming to us from Alberta, Canada, and her name is Kelly Fallardo. And I am so excited to have Kelly on my show because we've already been talking before I pressed record about so many things that I'm excited about with Kelly. But a little bit about her that I want to start with to share with you, and then we're going to dig in a little bit, is that on Christmas Day last year, 2020, Global TV announced that Kelly was one of the most inspirational people of 2020, and then she became an award-winning virtual speaker. And I think that was pretty current just last Christmas, and I think it's very special. And congratulations, Kelly, and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Janice. I'm, I'm always so honored when people want me to be on their show and share with their listeners. So thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And I do want to start by asking you to tell us a little bit about your story. It's unique and, um, and special and you're special. So please share with my audience. Oh, you bet. Well, you know, basically it, it all began when I was two years old and I got burnt to 75% of my body. You know, we were living on a farm and my my cousins were throwing shingles in the fire and a spark came out and landed on my dress. Oh. And then I ended up exploding and, you know, my whole body basically is covered with scars. And so I never thought that I'd ever have a good life. I mean, when I was in grade five, I walked past my teacher's desk and I saw a picture that someone had drawn of me and it was a circle with scribbles all over it. And it said Scarface. And so at, you know, when I was like 14, 15, I was praying to God saying, you know, dear God, please make, you know, please don't make me wake up in the morning. But if I have to, can I at least be scarlet so I can be pretty like all the other girls? Of course, the worst time in the world, right? Exactly. Right. And so every two years I was going for surgeries till I was 20 years old. And then I'm praying to God, take my scars away. And my doctor not taking my scars away. God not taking my scars away. And I'm thinking, what the heck, right? Like, why do I have to be the ugly Scarface girl? So, you know, I grew up believing that I was the ugly Scarface girl. Yes, but then you, you, uh, you healed yourself in other ways, right? Um, I did watch one of your TEDx talks where you have the mirror and um, your mirror is wrong. I saw the, the, um, the beautiful um, video on Goldcast, which I think got 10 million views. It does. Yeah. And it's, it was really, um, it was quite a special story. And just to show that, um, that you can heal yourself in more ways than one. I think you did that. And a, a little bit about your TEDx talk, just, just give me the highlights for my audience because you had a mirror on stage and you were talking to it, right? As well. You bet. Well, the TEDx talk was um, the theme of the TEDx event was oh. unprovable or unsolvable problems. Ah. So I wanted to prove that the word ugly could be a beautiful word. 
And so, you know, what I noticed is that we learn that the mirror talks when we watch the movie Snow White. Absolutely. Right? And sometimes we're watching that movie at age three, four years old. So we learn that when we talk to the mirror or look in the mirror, that mirror is talking back to us. And so whenever I looked in the mirror, of course, I would always say, yuck. (laughs) Right? Who's going to love that? Like, I'm covered in scars. And the media tells us we're not beautiful unless we're flawless. Right. I'm thinking, well, what the heck? Like, how am I going to be beautiful? How am I going to get a husband? How am I going to have kids? How am I going to have a great life if I'm the ugly girl? And so that whole uh, talk was all about, it was ugly as an acronym where I wanted to prove that it's actually a beautiful word. And what, can you share the acronym? Yeah, absolutely. So the acronym is the U stands for unique. So everybody is unique. The the, um, G stands for gorgeous. We're all gorgeous. The problem is that when we look in the mirror, we usually go and pick out what's horrible and ugly about it. Yeah, we see the worst. Yes, of course. Yeah, you know, we look in the mirror, we think, oh my God, look how tired I look. Look mm-hmm. at the bags under my eyes. Look at the wrinkles, you know, look at the double chin I have. And, and um, but what I did is I found a way to shift my thinking so that when I look in the mirror, I see all the things I love about me instead mm-hmm. of all the things I hate about me. I need to learn from you. Yeah, totally. yes. right. And then the L stands for lovable. We are all lovable. The problem is that we don't hear it enough. And so we think that people don't love us because Mm -hmm. we're not hearing that they love us. And so when we don't hear it, we feel like we're not lovable. Mm -hmm. And so what I did is I had to start telling more people that I love them. And when you tell them, then they want to give it back to you. And that's how we receive it back. Right. Of course, the Y stands for you. So the unique, gorgeous, lovable you is still beautiful. And I do encourage people to, and I'm going to put it in the show notes to watch that video and, and your TEDx talk because they really, they, um, the message there is, is universal and timeless for sure. And, you know, I'm, I'm a grandma now, finally. Um, and by the way, you had how many children? Three, I think. I have three. Yep. Yeah. You had three children. So, you know, there was the, uh, the love worked for you as it should. Um, yes, I'm a grandma now and my little granddaughter, I mean, I waited a long time to be a grandmother, always wanted it to, to happen. And of course it was out of my control. Um, and she's uh, two, two years and four months yesterday. And that's where you see the, that unconditional love you feel it and you also know that they don't see you the way that you see yourself they just see grandma who's doing everything to support her and um she came my daughter had to go to the dentist like at a crazy hour yesterday afternoon she brought amara over for um for to stay for dinner while she went to the dentist and when amara got to the door she started screaming with delight she was so excited to be here that was so cool for me to know that, you know, there it is, right? If that's what it's all about. And that's all that matters in the moment anymore. So um, we learn so much from children. And she doesn't care if you're wearing makeup. Exactly. Or if you've got pimples on your face or, you yep. know, if your nope. hair is done, she's just happy to be with you. And that's one of the, my messages is that, I remember meeting a girl and she said, oh, I couldn't go out today. And I'm like, why? She goes, 
well, my skin was all bumpy and I wasn't feeling beautiful. And so I decided not to go meet my friends. Oh. And I was like, do you honestly think your friends care that your skin feels bumpy? Yeah. No, your friends just want to be with you. Like they don't see that. They see your energy and your smile and your power and your, you know, they see everything that's great about you. They don't, they don't look at you and say, oh my God, I can't be your friend because you've got bumpy skin. <laughs> You know, I know it's very hard with teenagers in particular. Um, So what I'd like to shift to and and ask you about is, okay, so you are um, an entrepreneur and you seem to have more than one business, or at least you've got your finger in a lot of different pies. I know that you, um, excuse me, you coach people how to become best-selling authors and you have a program that you put people through. But what I want to know is, how did you, like, did you have a job job ever, like, or did you get right into working for yourself? And how did you come to, t- to taking your story and making it, you know, an empire? Well, you know, that's a fascinating question, because when I look back at it, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, how did I do all this? And, you know, the long story short version of it is that about 11 or 12 years ago, when I was married, my husband was laid off and he said, you know what, Kelly, it's time for you to step up to the plate. Oh, "Oh, okay. Like raising three kids wasn't enough, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. And the twins were just four. So they were just going to start to go to school. I didn't know they were twins. So, oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so I had a scrapbooking business at the time. So I had like a mobile store. So I had like a big cube van that was converted into a store and mm-hmm. I would go around to different places and I would teach people how to scrapbook and sell them supplies. But it That's was entrepreneurial right then and there, right? I know. Right. But it was just a big money pit that was actually bankrupting us. Like Uh-oh. it wasn't making us a lot of money at all. Um, so when he told me to step up to the plate, I was like, okay, fine. So I went and I got a job and I was working in like two, three days and I was going downtown and, you know, my, my daughter even said, mom, it's like you and dad have done this role reversal. You're now the one who goes to work and dad's the one that looks after us. And I know that didn't sit very well with him because (laughs) yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyways, then what happened is um, it was our 24th year together and I, and I had this job, right? And so our 24th anniversary and um, I remember going to bed that night and I was sobbing. Mm. I was really upset. And I heard that little voice say to me, you've done 24 years like this and you're only 44 years old. Can you do another 24? And I said, no way. Uh and so that started the wheels for me to get my divorce Mm. but in the meantime too I had met a a lady uh, Charmaine Hammond I know Charmaine you know Charmaine yes very well Charmaine is the one who got me started in this whole world her and I I read her through her dream program or no we met like 11 years ago at a woman's event. Yes. And she had just written on, on Toby's terms. Yes. That book. Yeah. So anyways, we're at this woman's event and you know how you meet someone, Janice, and you just, you just know, I got to know that person. Yes. Well, that's who Charmaine was for us, for me. 
so I go and we're talking and she said, you know what, Cal, you need to sell that business you're in and be a speaker. And I'm like, what? I'm a burn survivor. So what? Yeah. And she's like, no, people will be so inspired by your story. Now I didn't see that. Right. Because Yes. At that time in my life, I was in a toxic marriage. Yes. I was in a dead end job. My business was bankrupting us. So I didn't see myself as being inspirational. So I went home that night and I said to my husband, I'm going to be a speaker. And he said, how are you going to do that? Yeah, really. Said, I don't know, but it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Right. And Charmaine got her and I on a stage and we did an Ellen show and she was Ellen and I was the guest and that was the start of my speaking career. Wow. And then my speaking coach, of course, at that time said, Kel, now that you're a speaker, you need to be an author and write a book. And I was like, I don't know how to write a book. Right. And I'm thinking, you know, like I'm thinking it take, take a year or two. Right. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, so then I wrote my first book, No Rift, No Rewards. And then six months later, another girl says to me, Kel, now that you're an author, you need to be a best-selling author. <laughs> so you get more stages, higher fees, yes. more stability. And I'm like, what? I just wrote a book five months ago or six months ago. I can't now, like, how do I do that? But, you know, it's really fascinating because when you put your mind to something and you're in alignment, Mm-hmm. everything happens for you and you were open you were totally open to the change into something new and to trusting that relationship that you had started with those people like particularly Charmaine I'm sure yeah absolutely and you know here's the other fascinating thing um I did end up selling that business I sold it I gave half the money to my husband I left him moved in with my aunt and uncle And then four months later with my job, my boss called me in for my performance review. Now I was already speaking a little bit. So I had stuff on the go and I had my first book written. I was on to my second. And my boss said to me, Kel, this is like the worst performance review you've ever had with us. Like what's going on? And she knew that I was speaking and and that. And she said, Kel, are you going to be excited to come to work on Monday or relieved if you don't have to? And that question just hit me right to my core, right? And she had tears in her eyes and I had tears in my eyes. And sure enough, I go home that night and I'm reading this Christian businesswoman's magazine and every second page was saying, follow your passion full time, follow your passion full time, follow your passion full time. And I'm thinking, what is going on here? Right. And then I come to the middle and in big block letters, it says, why do you not trust that God will provide you everything you need? Mm-hmm. And I slammed it shut. And I said, I know, I know you want me to be a speaker, but give me like three months. I'll pay off all my bills and then I'll, I'll do this thing full time. Right. And, you know, I just left my marriage. Like, right. I mean, that's one huge um, trauma in a sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then four months later, lose my job too. So I yeah. went into work that next day and I said, I sent my boss an email and it said, you are right. Today is my last day. And I just really felt like she was like that mother bird that was pushing the baby bird out of the nest. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, that saying when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Like everything was lining up, just like you said. And these people were, were pushing you in the direction that 
you needed to go. So any regrets? No, no regrets. No regrets at all. In fact, I've thanked her probably 10 times. And every time I see Charmaine, I'm, you know, her and I have tears because I always have her speak at my events to share about the journey and how it started because she is the one responsible for me impacting over 10 wow. million people and winning all these awards and all that. It's, it's all Charmaine, right? Well, she's amazing. She's been on my podcast, actually. Oh, good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's, I've known her for a long time. I didn't know about her that she had had a cancer struggle until she just um, put it on her Facebook, actually, just recently. So I know she wouldn't mind me saying, yeah. but um, yeah, she's done so much and, and she, um, seems to have that mind that, you know, I can see her already planning out for you at the beginning what you could yeah. do, you know, with your with your career. So that's really amazing. Um, so tell me how you help. Um, who, who's your target target audience with your um, business showing people how to become an author? Well, my target audience is, um, there's a couple people. So usually it's like entrepreneurs, speakers, coaches, trainers, people who know that they need to have a book in order to get that expert um, credibility. Yes. Right? Um, and the beautiful thing about doing that is that once you have a book, like people who are like podcast hosts, like you go to the top of the pile versus someone who doesn't have a book. Okay, so let me stop you there for a second, because I have this, this, I do not have a burning desire to write a book. Okay, okay, but it's all around me, right? A lot, right? And everybody I know has written a friggin book. And that's kind of and I don't mean that in a, you know, I'm just Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. And then I think, well, what would I write a book about? So I tried once, actually, I tried to do an outline for a book around networking. And then I'm like, yeah, but there's a zillion books like, you know, about things like this. And, um, and so then I go and I, I, I don't have, I'm a talker. And I know that you can talk it and then make it happen into a book, but I haven't got there yet. So what would you say to someone like me? Because I know what you're saying when you say it gives you yeah. more credibility and it's like your calling card and, and, yeah. um, you know, et cetera. Um, but I know exactly what I would say to you. Okay, go. <laughs> go. Because you have the easiest book to write. Why? You have all these podcasts. You could take all the interviews and, or maybe not all of them, but the ones that are really special to you. Yeah. And you could make a book out of your podcast. So then what you do is take those interviews, get them transcribed. Yes. And then convert that into a book. And the book would be the same title as your podcast. Oh, I love it. And then the beautiful thing about it is that you go to back to all those people that you've interviewed and say, hey, guess what? I've now created a book with your interview. And would you like to promote it? Right? And now, if you have like 30 interviews, you have yes. all those 30 people promoting your book. Oh my goodness. So, so oh, now you've got my mind going. See, we do have, to have that <laughs> brainstorming session after because um, I'm, yeah, well, we'll talk about that separately, but that that's the first time that I've heard something that enlightened, that lit me up in the sense of, you know, what yeah. I could do with it. So, so thank beautiful. And I actually have a client that's actually doing that. Yes. We've interviewed a bunch of people yeah. 
and so they're out of their network and so yes. they're taking those interviews and now we're we're editing them and cutting yeah. them down yes their interviews are like about an hour hour and a half so they're too long yes but yeah then you just edit out the pieces that you want and maybe each each one has a special message or lesson or something that exactly okay. all right we'll talk and then, then you promote your book on every single podcast you do. Yes, yes, yes. I just interviewed um, a, a fellow out of, um, I think he's in Pennsylvania, and he's just written his um, second book. And I have never seen a promo, uh, a promotional um, thing as, as good as his. A, a unbelievable, a promotional launch. As oh, cool. It's unbelievable what he did. And, and he, he's, he's done a very, very good job on, I think in the first five days, he had 130 um, Amazon reviews. Oh, good for him. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So I was pretty impressed with, with what he'd done. So anyway, enough that. Enough <laughs> that. Um, okay. So, um, so, okay. So you started to tell me we got carried away. So the kinds of people that you work with. So, yeah, so business people who want to yeah. build credibility are definitely one of my markets. And then, of course, my other market is just aspiring authors. So these are just people that have a message inside of them. They want to become speakers. They want to get on podcasts and they want to do summits. And they just basically want to get their message out there in a bigger way. And that's great also. Mm -hmm. So I have two different types of clients that I work with. And do you do group training or do you, is it a course you do a certain number of times a year or how long does it take to go through it? Yeah. Well, right now I have a one-year program that I'm going to do with people, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm actually going to put together like a four month program because I think what's happening with some of the people that are in the one-year program is they think they have a whole year to do it. And I'm a go-getter. So I want to get things done. Yeah. So I'm going to shorten it. So that they get their book done in like four months and become a best-selling author. And, and then I do a best-selling author campaign with them also so that we can get them to the best-seller list. Um, well, so, a, a okay, I'm going to be a bit facetious here again, too, because everybody becomes a, a best-seller now because of the promotions that are done. And yeah. so I get a bit um, uh, jaded by that. Right. So the procedure, like, no, is, no, it's just that it's like, it's like, it's just another marketing thing now that everyone's a number one bestseller or whatever. So everybody makes it not special anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, for some people, it seems easy. And like people who are already in that space, you know, we think, oh yeah, another bestselling author. Right. Yeah. But there's still a good portion of the world that sees it as something special. That's true. That's true. I guess I'm just too uh, surrounded by people that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you and I are in that world where yes. you're right. Everybody's a best-selling author. Yeah. But, you know, there's still that world of people who are not. And That's so they fair. still think it's pretty special and they would not know how to do it. So That's right. people who don't know how to do it. They're thinking, oh, my God. I wouldn't know how to do that. So no, I wouldn't either. So I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, so, um, what was I going to say, um, what is the most interesting and challenging client that you've had 
that wanted to write a book? Oh my gosh. And in fact, it's funny because you and I were just talking about, you know, you thought about writing another networking book. And that was actually one of the hardest books I've ever done was a networking book. And uh, I actually have it right here. And this was um, a oh, I have it. I have it. Yeah, Talal's book. You yeah. and I were talking about Talal. Yeah. Yes. This was the hardest book I've ever done. Because? Well, it was hard because it was a networking book. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody thinks they know how to network. Mm -hmm. So it's not as special, right? Like, I already know how to network. You just go talk to people. Why, is, why do I need to, to learn that from a book, right? Mm -hmm. But then my other client, um, Elizabeth, Oh, you mentioned that book to me. Yes. Yeah, Collecting True Friends. This is actually a networking book also. But she had these books sold, like, because how I do it is we want people to have a minimum of 100 book orders. Well, she had that done in a week. And she's just doing phenomenal with her book mm -hmm. because of what she's doing with it, right? Like, she makes sure that any of her book signings, everybody gets a yellow rose. So we put the yellow rose on the back because that signifies friendship. Mm -hmm. She wears yellow. She's, you know, really going all out with the whole friendship thing. He sounds and, like someone that needs to be on my podcast, actually. Absolutely. And I'll definitely introduce you to yeah. They'll love it. So yeah. she's just fantastic. And so it's really fun with her because, you know, she's got, all different genres of people who are attracted to her book. She's even got like 20 something year old kids, like teenagers, mm -hmm. well, teenage, young adults yeah. <laughs> that are really attracted to her book. And it's all about building relationships. Yeah. Building yeah. yeah, which is totally a good fit for your podcast. So mm -hmm. um, her book has been really fun to do because of the whole branding aspect that's going with um. it. Well, I know, and I know in all fairness to Talal, he's coming from his, his existing world and going into a new world. But I will say something about him in the sense that he has such a big heart. Oh, he and, does. And he has a very, the, the one thing I remember um, about one of his um, uh, techniques for follow-up and whatever, or for, you know, just um, building relationship with people is how he um, speaks about the people when he's connecting other people and how he um, does certain things that you have to read about in his book that are brilliant that most people won't take the time to do and they work exactly. so yeah so I mean he's brilliant I love him like yeah, I love he's, him. he's very in fact I, I was so surprised when I found out that you were the person that that um, took him on his book writing journey because I didn't know that connection when I first talked to him. Yeah. 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 He's fantastic. And you're right. Like he has the biggest heart yeah. and all he wants to do is serve other people. And that's what I love about him is, you know, I miss his calls. Like we would have coaching calls and he would show up with a clown nose on. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> he's just hilarious. Right. And, and the thing is, um, it's just, it's beautiful coaching him. I, I miss our calls, but it's, it's the truth. His book was the hardest book I've ever done. Wow. And then Elizabeth's book, which was a networking book also was the easiest. Right? So yeah. So it's just kind of crazy how both books are in the same world. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. 
Um, but he's doing fantastic now too. He said, he said he's so busy now he can hardly keep up to everything. So that's awesome. I love hearing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he's across the pond in, in England, you know, and yes, he has yes. connections on in North America. And he's, he's, um, he's a great connector. He's connected me to some very interesting people. So um, I'm grateful for that. So I don't know if you want to talk about this, but you can say no if you don't want to. But before we went on air, we were just talking about this new idea that you've just um, this new project that you've just started because yeah. you're an artist. And I didn't realize you were an artist. And I can't wait to brainstorm with you about it because I, you shared with me a beautiful image, um, a, a painting, I guess. Or uh, was it did you do it with paint with uh, felt? with chalk oh awesome yeah. okay yeah. and um it's it's an extension of your story in that everybody is unique and beautiful and and i forgot the acronym for ugly but gorgeous yeah gorgeous gorgeous lovable lovable and you right yeah. and um and i see so much value in this product that you were talking about this new crazy world of nfts non-fungible tokens which is a whole new world set through blockchain and it's really interesting and and um relevant right now for the younger generation more than anything i think because they live on their phones and they do everything online and by the way like what i've learned about nfts with the collectibles so to think because these could be collectibles i see them as dolls too i can't I, yeah. that's something so um uh, is they call it the moments, right? Because you collect the moments because they're all digital. You don't collect, you don't have the actual item. And for me, that's really hard to, to connect with. But exactly. Yeah, for the younger generations, they just, that's it. That's their world. So these characters, I'll call them, that you're creating each have their own uniqueness, right? They do. So basically what happened is about, I actually became a painter just five years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I painted these girls and I should actually do a little painting so I can show, show people, but it's um, basically, it was just, a, a, there was about 12 of these paintings that I made and they're, you know, they're girls with big hair and purple hair and, you know, red hair and orange hair and, and, you know, they're all just unique and different in their own way. And so what I did is I worked with a writer to come up with some stories for each of the girls. So the one girl that we're gonna be launching right away, her name is Justy and she's deaf. And and I'm actually deaf also. But you she's, are? Yeah, I'm, I'm half deaf. So, one ear? One ear? Uh, both ears. Oh, okay. Now this year got burnt. Uh -huh. right? so I lost yes. um, a lot of my hearing with this year. And then this year, they say it's because of all the antibiotics they gave me that affected my hearing. Too. Yeah. So, you know, she talks a little bit about some of the challenges she has, but she still is gorgeous as always. Right. And, uh, and then we've got another girl who's, who's diabetic, another girl that's overweight, another girl who's blind, another one who's in a wheelchair. So we've got this whole, you know, collection of young the girls. The one who was burned? Well, I haven't done the burned one yet. So... <laughs> I just wondered, I would hope you would, you know, because yeah, yeah. yeah that's going to be definitely one of the girls. And yeah. so I'm going to have to do some more paintings. So well, I'm going to follow that story with you because I love it. So this has been really delightful. I want to ask you 
two last questions, if I may. First of all, what is your favorite quote? My favorite quote is something I came up with about, well, 11 years ago when I wrote my first book. And it's dreams are meant to be found, not tucked away in dreamland. Oh, and like you know, it came because I, you know, sometimes I remember when I was a young girl and my grandma would say, well, you know, your dreams will never come true. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. yes. Like, no dreams are meant to come true, but yeah. we, we tend to just tuck them away in dreamland and think that they're not supposed to come true. Say so, it one more time. Dreams are. Dreams are well, <laughs> dreams are meant to be found. Right. Not tucked away in dreamland. Wonderful. Okay. My last question is a two-part question. And okay. it is something I like to ask a lot of my um, interviewees. And that is, like, I'm a very curious person. And my favorite word is curiosity. And I would like to know what you are curious about these days. And second part is, do you think curiosity is innate or learned? Okay, so the first question, um, the, the, the big thing I'm curious right now is about the whole NFT market. So yeah. being okay. that I'm, I'm trying to launch this and where that's gonna go. So I'm really curious about, you know, what's gonna happen, you know, and um, I'm really curious about where, what else I can do with it. Mm -hmm. So can I make another business out of it? Is this actually gonna support me? and so I'm kind of curious about what I can do with that. And I love being curious. So um, your, your second part of your question is curiosity. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I think it's, um, I think it, it comes to us and I think, but I think it can also be learned. I think it, it's both ways, but I think we need to be open. And I think that's the biggest problem is that a lot of people aren't open to the, the possibilities of something else. And I think that is what harms them in their life is mm -hmm. because they think they can only do one thing and one thing only. And I know that that used to actually bother me. I used to think that there was something wrong with me that I always had multiple things on the go, <laughs> but it's true, but I need that flexibility and I need to be able to be creative. I need to be able to just go with the flow and whatever opportunities come my way. If I want to do it, I want to be able to do that. Otherwise you get bored. Yeah, I get bored. And I think there's, and, and then I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I understand. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And, and um, I understand that you have a free gift for our listeners. Um, and I'm happy to put that in the show notes. It, do you want to just share with us what it is? And then I'll. Yeah, you bet. Because lately you know what i've been doing is when i lost all my speaking gigs because of covid i right. went full-time into coaching people to be best-selling authors and so my free gift is two things one is they can have a free 30-minute call with me hmm. and then the second thing is i have a blueprint on how to publish a book in seven easy steps so nice. that way they can learn how to publish a book in seven easy steps and then if they want to work with me great if they don't they have enough information there that they can go and publish their books well, that's very kind of you. And I know that um, 30 minutes chatting with you is probably to love you because 
you are so easy to talk to and uh, I felt the connection right away when I first met you. So I thank you very much for your time and for sharing your story and your world with us. And uh, thank you to my audience again for listening. If you like what you heard, please reach out to Kelly and leave us a review and let us know that you liked it because of course we love that too. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.